you have to essentially tell the best story that you can as quickly as possible mm. and you cannot waste a second that is with me especially with logan's videos we consider what every second means before you continue were you thinking that three years ago when you're doing daily vlogs no that is a new philosophy Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today's guest is Hayden Hillier-Smith, the editor for Logan Paul. Logan Paul has become one of the largest YouTubers on the platform with over 22 million subscribers, and Hayden has been the editor along for the ride. Working for Logan over the last four years, he's seen a lot of ups and downs in the industry, was able to sustain the crazy workload of daily vlogging, and has transitioned over the last two years to becoming one of the best editors on YouTube. And that's not just an overstatement. In fact, Hayden won a Streamy for best editor in 2020. The Streamies are essentially the Oscars of internet content. If you haven't watched Logan Paul's content over the last year, I really encourage you to go check out some of the most recent videos. The storytelling and sheer mastery of the style of editing that's going on on YouTube right now is something to behold. And this is the future of cinema cinematography and filmmaking. Hayden recently started a YouTube channel of his own teaching the techniques and breaks down the techniques of other big YouTubers and it was one of the most incredible finds that I've discovered over the last year. I completely binged all of his videos when I discovered his channel and I've been one of the biggest fans of his for the last four months. So being able to interview him today is a true honor and privilege. I've interviewed some incredible filmmakers and photographers on this show over the last two years, but this interview for me was truly special. And I think anybody who at all has any interest on making it on YouTube needs to listen to these interviews. That's right, I said these interviews because my conversation with Hayden was not a standard hour-long conversation. No, this was a two and a half hour-long conversation that is filled with incredible content. So we've decided to actually break this interview up into two parts. So today we're listening to part one and next week we'll have part two of our interview. This interview may be better to watch on YouTube. I know you're listening here on your audio platform, but Hayden and I both shot on really nice cameras. There's a lot of body language going on. I've also added some B-roll here and there throughout the thing. I really think this particular interview does really well on video. So go over to YouTube and search Polar Pro Golden Hour Podcast or click the link down in the show notes below. And please subscribe to the channel if you're a fan of the show. We need everybody who listens to this show to subscribe. We just started this channel and we need subscribers to see this thing grow. I'm really passionate and really focused on building the YouTube channel. So please do us a favor. If you enjoy this content that we give you each week for free, please go subscribe. All right, I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this first part of my interview with Hayden. And again, make sure to stay tuned for next week when we hear part two. This is some master class material today. You are in for a treat. All right, we're here with H. Hillier Smith, Logan Paul's editor. Hayden is your name, right? Yeah, my name is actually Hayden, yeah. Uh, it's, it's you're not the only one who's got it confused with the branding, so I should probably revise that. You are 
an award winner. Uh, congratulations yeah. on winning Streamy of 2020 Best Editor for Logan Paul. Congratulations. That's crazy. The fascinating thing was, in uh, 2019, I saw the Streamies, and actually that was the first time I saw it. And I, and I, and I looked at it and went, I want one. I want one of. The, I want one of those. I want one. I want one. And then, and then called Logan up and said, hey, "Logan, we have to work really, really hard because I want one of those on on on, on my shelf." Because it's like, and then Logan was like, "That's absolutely what we're going to do next year." And so it was. We manifested it. Wow. It was. I want. I want to stream it next year. We worked so hard, and then like that moment where we, well, where I sort of found out that I won. Like it was genuinely like an incredible moment because that was like, years worth of so hard work to make that happen. That's amazing. Congratulations. Um, we'll link it in the show notes, but there's a video of you on your Twitter. I think you and your girlfriend were watching it live. My my favorite thing was you guys were like all dressed up as if you were going to the show, but the best yeah. part was you were wearing your socks. You didn't you didn't you didn't complete the package, so I found that uh, a real treat to see your socks. It's because the house is a no shoes policy. Oh, <laughs> that's, uh, so I'm in my suit, but it's like no, no shoes in the house once it gets messy. And so I'm in my just white socks, which don't match the suit at yeah. all. It's hilarious. I know, <laughs> unintentional, but it was a good observation from everyone. So, how long have you been working for Logan now? Four years now. Okay, I started working with him 2016, where he had only 20,000 subscribers. And he only made three vlogs. Wow. And I think a lot of people, of course, I'm just going to get this question out of the way, are going to ask, were you there for the whole, you know what, that happened? Uh, yeah, up front, yes. I was, unfortunately, the one who edited it. Um, but it's, and it was a very unfortunate, just like really disturbing uh moments of events that led to us making all of the wrong decisions you could potentially make. Yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately, yes, I was involved in the video, but it's now now that time has passed, it has been it was an incredible opportunity in time. And let's, let's even think about what the YouTube scenario, uh, world was at that time, I where know, it was grind, 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 make a video every single day. Yep. And that moment for, I would say, everyone was a catalyst to question mm-hmm. how healthy that was. Yeah. And I think... There was a time during the whole of 2018 when everyone was kind of genuinely, include, especially us, questioned, okay, how can we make content that's healthy for us? We don't lose our sense of reality. Mm. We can remain grounded and remain like sort of authentic to ourselves as well because yeah. the Logan and me who was at that time was not our true selves. Yeah. And that moment was that slap of reality that was needed for that to happen. It's just... Yeah, it was such a, a, a important time in history, I think, for YouTube also as a platform. Basically, what was happening during that time, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed as though YouTube was really incentivizing people to make daily content. And Absolutely. we saw Casey Neistat really rode that wave. Logan and Jake rode that wave. Even David Dobrik in his own way rode that wave. And now here we are in 2020, Mr. Beast drops, you know, one video a month and mm-hmm. he's doing totally fine. In fact, he just hit 50 million subscribers, yes. uh, you know, last week, I think, or two weeks ago. Um, and I think YouTube as a platform is changing and that's what we're seeing. And I, I hate to like start on that point, but I feel like it'll be a question in people's minds if I don't address it right up front. So- it's an elephant. It's an elephant in the room. <laughs> and it's, it's again, it's, it's like being a little bit like emotional. I have to be upfront and yeah, that's an elephant in the room. And so it's actually worth addressing it straight away uh, rather than hiding from it. And so I, I understand that being one of your first things you want to talk about. 
<laughs> just I to understand. get it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what's so cool is to see how the transition has happened in Logan's career. And I guess because we've been following Logan, we've in turn been following you because you're the man behind the edit. Um, what the heck is going on over there? Like, you must be getting hours and hours of footage uh, to work with. I That's one of my first questions is like the behind the scenes of working with Logan Paul, one of the biggest creators on YouTube. How many shooters are there? How much footage do you have to sift through? And are you the only person doing that? Do you have foundational editors involved? I mean, I just want to get into that. I mean, it's mind-blowing. We tried with with like assistant editors who probably go through like the bulk of the footage first, but what it, but it ended up becoming like too many cooks. It would be, there would be a joke that they thought didn't work and then Logan were like, no, that joke did work, but I didn't know that joke existed. Yeah. And so now two hours has been wasted. So it was better, to, it's just me and Logan and that is it. Logan, on a good day, if he's like really smart on what he films, I'll uh-huh. get an hour and a half's worth of footage and I just have to turn that into a four to six minute vlog. Uh, on a bad day, he's kind of trying to figure out what he wants. I could just get a minimum of three hours of footage. Yeah. And I still have to turn that into a four to six minute vlog. But yeah, it's doing that three times a week. Yeah. And also not to mention, that was what we were essentially doing for the daily vlogging. And so it was very fortunate we had that experience already. And we, we did this every single day for a year and a half. And then when we then came up to, let's just say, only three vlogs a week, but so we're upping that production quality. This is essentially a walk in the park now. Mm-hmm. I can edit his vlogs in my sleep. I yeah. think I have. <laughs> I think I have at one point. <laughs> is it is it as crazy as somebody would think, or is it really kind of like a nine-to-five job, like you just kind of have a normal routine or it it the image that he creates makes it seem as though you guys are just maniacs but i would imagine that it is a you know a lot of people don't take a lot of people take that for granted and it's all just part of the um it is it is intense of it yeah it is absolutely intense uh it's the best way to describe that environment and how it is intense it is, I lived there for about uh, six months when I first moved here to LA. Yeah. And after the first month, I was like, I hate it. It was too much. It was so <laughs> manic. I'm I'm an introvert. I like to kind of just have, spend time by myself. But while I'm like having a meditation thing, whoa, what's going on there? I, and, but, and so it genuinely is like mad but so much fun in there oh, it just yeah. wasn't my it just wasn't my cup of tea but so i moved i moved out but um <laughs> so, so i moved out <laughs> yeah so but um but i think oh, going back on your question actually the days that we die am editing they are intense days because uh, again if an hour and a half footage and then like me and logan go through four to five different versions back and forth trying to get the literal frame perfect on a cut yeah uh, and they're like, I'll, I'll do the cuts and to him, no, it needs to be framed more. And like, we, we, we are so particular and just like, just one frame to make sure that joke lands on a perfectly timed moment. And so the days can turn into like 13, 13, 14 hour days, but that's the job. That's the job. But it's fortunate that we only do it three times a week, or in this case, Logan's training. So he's not making any content right now. But uh, since it's three times a week, I'd say that's reasonably healthy because the other days I then kind of have the flexibility to do Mm. what I need to do. So I met uh, at like a Sony event about two years ago. I met one of the old, uh, he he quit, but he was doing some of the shooting for Logan. I forgot his name. I'm sure you would know him. Brendan? uh yeah maybe that was his name <laughs> potentially yeah. <laughs> so, uh, That's yeah. He, yeah he mentioned that he was farming out like edits overseas like was that you was that who he was sending edits to 
I, I don't know. Like, basically, when he was doing daily vlogs, I heard mm-hmm. that he would shoot all day, pass the footage mm-hmm. off, and then people in the night would edit, like, either yeah. in London so, or... Oh, yeah. So, at the time, when Logan was daily vlogging, uh, that was the benefit, was he the would... Difference. The time difference. So, he would film... And again, the day vlogging was much easier edits at the time as well. So he would film all day, start uploading at 10 or 11, and then I can set my computer to automatically download. Yeah. So I would wake up and there was just footage just on my computer ready to go. <laughs> just magically. Was it encrypted? Because that, that's some special content over there. Um. <laughs> uh, no. It's on probably. a... Yeah. It was just well, Dropbox you, or whatever, right? So... Yeah, it's on a G drive, but actually that's a good point. We should probably um, encrypt it. <laughs> oh, I've just sent out an invite now, haven't I? Oh, no, we're in trouble. Well, yeah, there's that beautiful story about, uh, I think, uh, on um, Lord of the Rings, they were transferring like all of the major exports of the movies on iPods between one studio and another. And so like, oh, there's no. a guy walking with an iPod and he's like, if he was to get mugged, like the entire movie was on that iPod. Like, it's such a silly concept. But if somebody stole your G drive, like entire Logan Paul channel would be theirs to keep. That's a terrifying plot. Thought that is not an invite. Please don't do that. No. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean that. Okay, so that was true. Then the time difference obviously assisted with that workflow and. Mm-hmm. At the time, again, YouTube was incentivizing daily content, so you were getting all this crazy stuff. One of the things, again, as a filmmaker, I noticed um, was like, oh, they're shooting on like the standard like baked-in Sony profile or something, because like the skies mm-hmm. were like clipping like crazy. Did oh, you yeah. did you have any input on that, or is there an intentional kind of scrappiness to the the shooting style? Does Logan hire like filmmakers and then he tells them, hey, by the way, I know you know how to do this the right way, but I kind of want it to have this raw look to it. Is there I intention that behind question. that? I love that question because you've, you've answered it. Absolutely. Part of... Well, because... The, here's our philosophy behind it. So let's just say they shoot at an S-log and I now have completely amazing flat footage that I can now grade and look really nice. But the problem is that is now a filter on top of it, which actually is a separation from reality. Mm-hmm. And so that actually takes away some level of authenticity. Uh, yeah. If And if and let's just say, and if uh, the fact that the sky is clipping, you can't see the sky, it's completely overexposed, that also gives that amateur feel to it which actually again makes what he's what's happening to him a lot more believable because it it is believable and we but if the moment the moment we start putting more filters or more post-production effects on top of it that makes it seem polished it's now reality tv that's gone through five different editors yes. rather than just me and logan it's it's part of the intention that we remain grounded in authenticity mm-hmm. but is there ever a point where it's like can we just switch to canon because your skin tones will look better <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's. The I've, I've tried. Gotten, I've tried. <laughs> you've tried. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I think we even filmed a vlog on a on a red dragon just for the fun of it. Oh yeah, and it just everything. But it was just again, it just it just felt completely different. It, was it too felt much. wrong. Yeah, yeah. It felt, yeah, it felt wrong. But I think with the with the Sony stuff, it's interesting though because on that note. Okay, I didn't get that joke. What you said about the Canon skin tones. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I, 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 under, I, I've, I think I figured out the context to it. But it's for me as an editor. This is always an interesting uh, conversation. So, what codex do you do? What um, what type of proxies do you create? How do you do this? What do yeah. you guys think about this bitrate? I don't bloody know. <laughs> I 
and I struggled with this at film university as well, where they give me all of these technical stuff, and I'm just like, just give me the bloody footage and just let me do something creative <laughs> I love that. with it. And I still have that same issue. If you want to, if you want to talk technical stuff with me, yeah. it's not going to happen. Just give me footage, and I'll tell you how I can make <laughs> it feel like a great story to tell. Beautiful. Yeah, that's why you're the perfect hire for him. But I, yeah. I. I really do think, I mean, you know me as the, you know, I'm a host of Indie Mogul. I've been doing gear reviews. I'm like, I'm a total nerd for all that stuff. And I do love to analyze things. And I'm, I've noticed like, you know, David Dobrik doesn't have a mic on his camera. Mr. Mm -hmm. Beast has a full crew, but they're shooting handheld with like a road mic on top. Uh, Logan Paul, you know, is clearly shooting with the baked in profile. And I've just seen this pattern with all of these top creators that they have clearly the budget to hire a crew. Like Logan could absolutely spend $100,000 a day uh, to hire a crew to come out, mic him up, put love mics, like get a full, you know, Alexa mini and everything. You could do the whole shebang and he still doesn't. Even for the music videos and even for the more produced stuff, it still is being shot in a rough and dirty way. It's the well, uh, as I've said in that last question. It's authenticity. Yeah. The more, the more it has to go through, uh, like higher, high quality cameras, and now has to go through these lav mics. It, it all just adds one more layer of less believability, mm -hmm. less authenticity, less things feeling realistic. Yeah. And you're right. It's like we genuinely have had those conversations where we had the opportunity to just Logan to just buy a discounted RE Alexa Mini, but we decided no, that's just a waste of money. Like it, it's it's it just does not feel believable. The more effort you actually put into it, that and and it, ha it has to be well relatable. It has to be uh it it can't feel Logan cannot feel like a TV presenter. He has to be your best friend. And what's interesting though is as technology does get more accessible for people. I think naturally the quality will continue to get better. I mean, we see drone shots in Logan's videos. We do see nice depth of field. There are moments where I'm like, oh, wow, that's a very beautiful image. The Sony cameras have gotten better. They continue mm -hmm. to look better. So as you slowly upgrade, but that trickles down all the way to even me with an iPhone. Like my mm -hmm. iPhone looks amazing now. So maybe the quality will continue to get better in that way as technology gets better and more accessible for more people. I don't know. Yeah. What would, yeah, I think it's, what's that base level of something being acceptable in believability and believable authenticity. Yeah. And cause it's like, if, 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 my, if this philosophy that I'm saying is the case, we would still be using webcams. Yeah. Like, yeah. but that's not, that's not the case anymore. We can use the $4,000 Sony cameras. Yeah. But, um, but it's, yeah, that's actually a really good point. And so I would say just in time, I think what those goalposts, I would yeah. say, increase just over time. Yes. But it's always best for authentic believability that you kind of yes. need to follow this goalpost rather than this goalpost up here. And on that... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, on that note, the thing that isn't uh, obtainable for people is the level of mastery that you have done with editing. And that's yeah. what your channel is all about, by the way. If you haven't subscribed to H... Hill, H. Hillier Miller or whatever. Uh, we'll link it down <laughs> below. Sorry, I, I butchered the name. But subscribe to Hayden's channel. Um, that's how I discovered you. And I, th I'll tell you what video it was, and you probably know what it is. It's the impulsive. Uh, you were in the impulsive studio with Logan, and I was just like, 
I think I was just editing and I just pulled up YouTube to like let it play on the background while I was doing some color grading or like editing a thumbnail or something. And I just saw like, hey, you should you should watch this on my on my suggested feed. And I was like, oh, what? Logan's editors talking about stuff? Oh, sweet. And then I clicked it. And that video was so funny. Like the <laughs> two of you were a riot and you were going over this incredible video about I'm not going to mention what it's about, but you should go watch it. <laughs> that one sequence at the end uh, where, like, Logan just lost it and uh, you used a bunch of B-roll to explain what was happening. What's happening? I was just so beautiful. And then I, I went on a rabbit hole of your content and basically I watched everything because at the time I think you only had maybe four or five videos up. Um, mm. basically what you're doing is you're, you're breaking down the editing style of some of the top editor, uh, st top creators, including Logan, which is obviously great. Cause you can actually show your timeline to people. Cause it's like, Oh, this is how Logan did it. Cause I edited it. Here's my yeah. timeline. Number one, you're using final cut. Let's just make it known that everybody uses final cut because it's faster yep. and better. Yep. If you're yep. a, a premier editor and you're a high end YouTuber, why you're wasting time. Oh no, just don't even get me started on that debate maybe another time but yeah final cut is the way to go for just quick turnarounds it really is but no but it's actually yes so like even on that note i think giving some more context to why i've started this channel uh i have i remember growing up when i first started studying editing it was tutorials on how to do this vfx shots or yes. this transition and i even then i was like but why and that's actually <laughs> always been the biggest thing okay here's a transition but why did you do that transition yes and that's always been a question into my mind and so it's like i went down in the past six seven eight years of just like that kind of philosophy of why is it that this shot has two is two seconds in length and then why is it and what does that mean and yep. then what does that mean when the next shot is only half a second does that increase the pacing what can that tell you as an audience uh, okay, if things are getting faster now, like you should need to start anticipating more and be and be more engaged. I like to start thinking about the actual philosophy and strategies that you can do in that editing. And so, and people responding so well to it. Of like, I think it's like a someone's finally saying it type of uh, yes. moment here with this channel. Well, like I was saying, I think before we even started, I have been such an evangelist for your channel because I feel like there's so many people that are just missing it with YouTube. We, mm. I say we collectively as the filmmaking community have always looked down on YouTube as this like, oh, it's for the kids thing. And we have to just come to the realization that this is the future of video production and we're going to have to just fess up and start working for YouTubers probably. Uh, if you're a freelance shooter at some point in your life and your career, you're going to be working with a YouTuber because this is how content is being produced now. Um, My so my you have to learn it. Yeah, my favorite thing, actually, on that note, uh, this literally happened every day. So my the one of the biggest TV shows in the UK is called Doctor Who, and they had this New Year's Day uh, episode. And the next headlines were the BBC, world record uh, viewership of the Doctor Who, 5 million views. And I laughed out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wow, it's the most, it's most people that's ever watched a TV show. Logan kits that in half a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, here we are. I, uh, Mr. Beast posted a video yesterday, and I just finished watching it, and I think it's at like 10 million now or something. So, yes. Yeah, it's, and then, you know, I was watching, um, we were watching MasterChef. I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan, and uh, mm -hmm. my wife and I were watching it. The winner wins $100,000. And I was like, <laughs> 
cool. That's like a quarter of a Mr. Beast giveaway. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's uh, exactly that. So, but I guess, and and that's also the interesting. And I think that actually exposes the big uh, difference. Master Chef. They probably spent half a million making that show. Yeah. On the talent, and, on the lighting, on the crew, yeah, everything. Yeah, and and then and then with Mr. Beast, it was he probably spent he probably gave out a hundred thousand, but if he was smart in what he did, the crew and the production and all the editing probably barely cost him fifty thousand. Yeah. Now here's my predicament um, with where I'm at in my niche, and I think a lot of the listeners uh, of this channel are also in the filmmaking and gear space. You look at Peter McKinnon, you look at Matty Apoya, you look at all the top creators in this filmmaking niche. There is this kind of weird thing where like if the quality of my footage looks like garbage, then it seems as though it's like, well, why would I listen to him? His footage looks like garbage. And it that's that's the struggle I personally have been in where like in the filmmaking and technology niche, I mean MKBHD, he shoots 8K red raw, right? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have to do that. But it does give him the sense of credibility in the tech space. Mm. And I feel like if you look at all the top creators in the tech space, they do have a level of professionalism with the production value of it. Peter McKinnon, of course, is the kind of the king right now. I think he's sitting at 5 million subs. Um, so, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Like in the tech space, it seems this kind of the quality level thing almost is associated with is this a reputable legit channel like linus tech tips i don't know if you ever watch any of his videos mm-hmm. they're very well I, produced i think they just switched to 12k uh black magic cameras well actually that's interesting you point that out because again five minutes ago i was talking about how we make the effort of making our productions relatively low quality intentionally but whereas of these creators who are exploring tech and exploring cameras and how you can make these pieces of tech the best possible it gives them permission to do that yeah it, it, it gives them permission and the power to be we even talked about the goalposts here it gives them permission to be opening up that goalpost and actually elevating that new level yeah. which then as i said earlier actually brings us up they they bring us along with them okay. and so they're, since they're pioneers in that technology and have the permission to make the best produced content possible, actually, I think I'm kind of all for it, what I'm saying is. And I think it's, they are, we look to them to bring the rest of us up in on what our new base level of quality is. So yeah. actually, I'm, I'm all for them to continue doing that. And I mean, your channel too, again, you're doing that with the way you shoot. I mean, you've got some nice, beautiful uh, RGB lights uh, Mm -hmm. and it's well lit, well shot, you know? So in this space, in the education, tutorial, filmmaking, editing space, it does seem that, you know, to show that you're credible, you want to have some sense of professionalism. Oh, now I see what you're getting at. I I completely messed up. Yes, it's, we have to be. Yes, I can't, we... We can't make uh, our quality poorly made yeah. uh, because you, I, now I understand what you're getting at. Yeah, we can't make our quality poorly made because yeah, what? Why would I listen to you when you've clearly not placed your microphone in the right spot? Where you've clearly yeah, this poor, this poor lighting. So that, but I think is for me personally, what that kind of means. I promise myself to make a video every week, but. Uh, that's has already become a really big challenge because I'm having to maintain yes. such a high production quality every yeah, week. Exactly. I'm already already pretty much burnt out at this point. I've only been doing it for six months. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the unfortunate uh, con of having us to maintain that quality. Actually, well, that's for me as a creator. I 
have been struggling with this. Like, should I just get mm-hmm. out of this niche? Like, should I go into like an entertainment niche where the, the barometer of quality like can go down, but my, my production in terms of like, I love comedy. I love entertainment. And I've been trying to fuse that into my work, but I'm, tr- I'm almost like going in circles cause people just get pissed off that my, like my test isn't like accurate enough. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's, there is also, I think in terms of, unfortunately there's a lot of ego in a lot of <laughs> yeah. this where it's they it's i think you even said it yourself like why if, if this person didn't get that light at the right angle then they don't deserve my attention yeah. and so you have to make it perfect otherwise yeah. they won't care or, or also they want to at least probably confirm their own ego yeah. oh well i'm oh who the hell is this person telling me how to film a video <laughs> if he if he didn't get that light right then he doesn't deserve my attention i'm a better creator than him exactly <laughs> uh, and so I think that's their problem if they judge you because you didn't get your light at a perfect spot. That's their problem rather than yours. So I want to get back to what you've crafted with Logan over the last couple of years and where things have arrived now. I think it's been really exciting over the last two years to see Logan, Jake, um, Mr. Beast, Mark Rober, Dobrik, although Dobrik has kind of moved over to TikTok now, but that's okay, Uh, and Twitch. Uh, (laughs) But like the amount of storytelling being done on YouTube is just phenomenal. And I've been so impressed with the... um, um, the amount and the level of mastery that's going on, and it's like we've been saying, it's it's masked behind this like beautiful magic trick of we don't know what we're doing, we're just throwing stuff around and just like was this? Uh, have you? I mean, you've been seeing the transition, you've been in it. What mm-hmm. has this been like as an editor and as a storyteller to see that? And and honestly, you have shaped a lot of this yourself. I mean, I'll give you credit where it's due. So I mean, it's really so- exciting. I love the fact that you point this out because we didn't realize that we were doing that when it was happening. Mm. It was, we kept on doing what we did. And then suddenly we looked back and went, oh, wow, we did that. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's we I, we, I think it was because we just happened to be at the right place to make that happen. Yeah. So it's like, this wasn't intentional is what I'm trying to say. But I think it was because we kept on pushing out that experience over and over and over again to therefore get us to this point in quality yeah uh i'm not quite sure where i'm going with this if i'm honest but it's just like uh but like what is it that happened with me personally that made me push how to improve our quality that's the question i'm asking myself now to try and find that answer and honestly i don't think i figured that out yet (laughs) I, i i i have to be honest i think it's just we happen to be at the right spot to kind of unintentionally yeah. be pioneers in upgrading YouTube storytelling. Yeah, I would say. Well, but I mean, now it comes with now experience a, too. Yeah, I go mean, ahead. Yeah, I was yeah. just saying you, you you've done hundreds and hundreds of these videos, if not a thousand at this point. I'm I'm not even sure. Um, More definitely a thousand, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I would imagine too, just to stay sane, like as you mature as a storyteller, you want to begin to explore, you know, deeper things and, and become a, a better artist. And I'm sure Logan even feels that way too. Yeah. I think that actually might be, the, might be it. It's, uh, that's actually a philosophy that Logan taught me. He does not settle. Mm. He does not, he doesn't get to a point and go, all right, Guys, we got it. Let's we we can we we can just stay at this point. It's he doesn't find something that that sticks and then focuses on that forever. So yeah. like the best example would be 
we figured out how to make these free vlogs a week so good and we were on such a roll and then one day logan turner went all right i'm done and then just and then and and now and then and then he i think he spent like a month trying to figure out what he wants to do next and now fortunately yeah. he's now training to fight mayweather and he just moves on and so what that's what i kind of mean of just we never settled we never got to a point and went all right we're good enough we kept on pushing. How can we do it more? How can we do it better? How can we improve ourselves consistently, growing and growing and growing? And there's a constant loop of improvement. Now so that I can look back at the vlogs that we made at the start of January last year, which I thought were perfect. Mm-hmm. I look back at them now and go, they are garbage. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, love that. I yeah. love that. I can look back at something that I thought was great and now I hate it. And I'm so happy I can do that. That's amazing. That means that you're making progress and, and you're getting better. And hopefully you can do that again this year. Oh, yeah, exactly. I hope so. I I think, honestly, like this this is your big scoop. I think Logan doesn't kind of, We haven't quite figured out what we want to do for content this year. Mm-hmm. I think right now it's the fight and then we're going to figure out what to do afterwards. But yeah. right now we don't know. Normally that should make us panic. But now yeah. that's actually, no, that's genuinely exciting. Yeah. We don't know what to do next. Oh, <laughs> wow. I've always, I've always wondered that, like, if uh, YouTubers are kind of just twiddling their thumbs. I've heard interviews with David where he was like, yeah, after I'm done uploading a video, I just sit in my car and, like, try to think of my next video. It's like, no, yeah, it's not it's not as, like, planned out as a TV show or a movie set, you would think, you know, is. But it's fascinating. That's what makes YouTube so great is it's a personality-based thing. It's not, it's not a, a movie studio. Yeah, no, it's... It's it's we kind of hacks in the way that we can make that sort of lo- a, a personality of Logan feel like a TV show, yeah. but it's but it's it really is just three people. It's like Logan, the video guy, and then me as an editor, and those are th- that's it. Three people really. You only have one shooter. Uh, we did that. We did two for a little bit, but it just it didn't add enough okay. to justify it. But now it's just one video person. And then if we, if we, an activity is going to look like we need to, we'll bring along someone. It's one video guy. Logan has a personality. He brings along his friends. He has some banter with them. Yeah. Gives me the footage. And so the production is free people. Mm-hmm. That is it. It's amazing. But the thing again, that I think a lot of people watch all these creators like David and, and Logan and Jake and it's, and even Mr. Beast now too, like the gang is so important. It's, it's such it's such an important storytelling tool that we have seen throughout generations of TV shows. We have Seinfeld, we got Friends, we got, you know, 30 Rock, whatever it is. There's always a crew of people that, like, shoot the breeze with each other and make jokes. Is that part of, of the storytelling for you guys? And how integral is that for Logan and for you, all the Abs- guys? Uh, again, you pretty much answered the question. It's, it's, we do have that mindset of, to a degree, this is a sitcom. This mm-hmm. is you watch as you would an episode of Friends or the epi- or an episode of The Office on Netflix. You want to see what those characters have gone up to that day. Yeah, that is we follow that exact same idea. What did Logan? What did Mike? What did what did any of the Maverick people get up to that day? Mm-hmm. And and as long as it's entertaining and you're hanging out with your friends, like <laughs> like if you watch The Office, you have the if you watch The Office, you've developed a relationship with Michael Scott. If you watched a lot of Logan, you have developed your own relationship with Logan. Yeah. Like you, you cannot help that if you spend a lot of time with someone mm. and quality time that is as well. And so, we do. This is or YouTube vlogging is to what today's sitcoms are. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. Um, 
how do you think somebody can can integrate uh, integrate that type of storytelling into their own stuff without obviously employing you know their friends like is this something that you can do as a small creator with with your fellow filmmakers and you know stuff like that if i told you that secret everyone would be masterful storytellers right now <laughs> but also honestly i also don't actually know the answer to that question because i i, I asked that question it's because okay the best way to explain it is um well, Hayden, I saw one comment literally a couple of days ago on my channel. I said, well, Hayden, if you're so good at this, why don't you do your own Logan Paul vlogs? And I went, yeah, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I genuinely don't know how Logan thinks where he can improvise his life to be that entertaining. Yeah, I'm a reactionary editor. He gives me footage and I can react in how to make that even more entertaining but it truly does come down to Logan as his personality and who he is that organically makes him so entertaining. Yeah. And so I don't know his secret. <laughs> I don't I if you asked him how he does it, I don't think he knows. He just has that natural it's intuitive, instinct. Yeah. It's intuitive. And I, 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 I it's genuinely actually something I'm investigating. What is that? Yeah. Uh, the formula? it factor, right? The yeah. charisma, the that I've asked some other people this as well, some YouTube experts. And, uh, and you know, you talk to a YouTube educator and they're like, hey, make sure you get good titles, get thumbnails, you know, watch Hayden's channel to learn how to edit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. But how do I become like blank? And it's like, well, so-and-so is like, so unique and like they have the charisma, they have the it factor. It's almost, you almost have to be a little uh, self-aware of who you are. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the flip side is Marquez Brownlee is not that crazy, like ridiculous, charismatic, outgoing, ridiculously loud and fun and improvising guy like Logan either. And he's very successful. Um, he's got it's what he talks about. What he talks about is what everyone wants to know. Exactly. Is the new iPhone good? Is the new PS5 any good? Mm. And he knows that. And so he has, I think he has that support. He has tech Give him a piece of tech, and he has the understanding ability to talk about it. In the same yeah. way for me, give me a YouTube video, and I will be able to talk about how <laughs> that YouTube video works for yeah. two hours. It's just that's just what it's. He has that skill set himself, and so exactly. I think maybe that's maybe that is it. Like, what is your skill set that you can naturally mm. talk about? And I think that's what you should be focused on. And so. Do I want to do a Logan Paul vlog? No, that's not my personality. But yeah. as I said, give me a YouTube video to deconstruct. That that's that that's what I can do. I love that. Yeah, and 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 maybe even be self-aware that that thing that you are the best at may not get a million subscribers. Like it, it's be aware and okay with that. You know, at least I'm speaking for myself. Like I want to do <laughs> more. I, I'm even considering maybe finding an actor and being kind of the behind the scenes guy for another channel. But anyways, um, I just love YouTube so, so much. And I feel like my niche just doesn't get it. And it's so frustrating for me. So, so actually on that note, I'm going to tell you, I think, uh, I think one of my own philosophies that I am now like exploring. So when YouTube was in its infancy, I had a webcam, started making YouTube videos and it was great. And I showed it to my friends and people were all entertained by it. I started doing that naturally and organically. I started connecting with other YouTubers and other creators, but they were actually better and even more interesting personalities than me. And suddenly I got intimidated. I got, oh God, I'm not as interesting as these guys. But then I noticed they actually need a video guy and they actually need an editor. Mm -hmm. 
And then, so I then said to them, hey, let me just edit your videos. Let me just film your videos. And then I started working with them. And then I then actually started getting their experience that they were having as well. Yeah. And I started learning from them. And I can, cont- and so what I'm trying to say is, at one point, I made a decision to stop being a YouTuber myself. Mm-hmm. And this was, I would say, 10 years ago, I made that decision. Mm-hmm. Let me think. Yeah, 26, 60. Yeah. No, when I was 18, I think I made the decision. So eight years ago, I made a decision. Eight years now, today, I finally looked around and said, I looked at all my experience and said, now I'm ready. Wow. Yeah. And I think maybe that's Eight years. now. Yeah, now I figured out what I want to talk about as a creator. Mm-hmm. But it was big. Be- but it was because I was patient enough to l- have my own life journey, have yeah. my own life experience. Looked around and went, okay, I think I found something interesting to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you have you have you have meat to bring to the table. It's not just like, well, guys, I'm figuring this out with you. So let's go. Which is a, a route to take as well. But. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but I think but what that then meant is I didn't feel forced to do a Logan Paul vlog. Yeah, but it was exactly. like it was it was because I had my own life experiences to find a spot where yeah. I can express myself. So let's break down um, some of the ways that that you edit and uh, the the things that you've talked about on your channel. Again, I can't encourage people enough to go to Hayden's channel. Again, I, I'm linking it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. Uh, do a deep dive like I did. Um, every single one of them is super entertaining and amazing. Um, I ha- I've been saving the Tenet one because I haven't seen Tenet yet. I know it's a it's been a big project for you, um, so I want to give it. Like, can I watch it without seeing the movie, or can I even skip I, the movie? Because I've heard so many negative things. I I don't have the answer for that. I want you to watch the watch my video because I am so happy with the video. Uh-huh. I am so happy with well, I wa- it. I want to watch it too, but I don't. I haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, and I think it's probably the main reasons why only half the half my average viewers have watched it as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't matter. I'm still happy with the video that I made. Yeah. But yeah, so I think I would. Okay, I think yeah, go watch the movie. Just so my video would be a lot more entertaining than the actual movie okay. itself. Because the actual movie is, I'm, I'm afraid watch... to say, absolute garbage. <laughs> I'm going to watch the movie just so I can watch your video. Like, that's literally Please the only do. reason. I'm, 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 my wife will be like, why are you watching this? I'm like, oh, because I'm going to watch Hayden's video. <laughs> yeah. Please, please, please do. Because it's, but yeah, I think, like I said, that's my favorite but... video I've made so far on my channel. Wow. Okay. That's, that's crazy. That's a big statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So one of the things that, a lot of people just don't understand about YouTube is that it's a different type of language when it comes to editing compared to what a lot of us are are taught and what we learn in the filmmaking and commercial space. Really, can you just break down kind of the basics? Obviously, there are things that are still true uh, to standard filmmaking. You have an act one, act two, act three, the save the cat type of stuff. I don't know if you've read that book, but oh, that, yeah, um, the, there's still a lot of the basic core foundations of what make a good story in there, but there are a little bit, there are some little tweaks and things that I think are really essential for YouTube because of the, uh, the retention, you know, you want to keep people's retention. You want them to ask for more. You want them to potentially binge the content so you can kind of set it up. You want to encourage them to stick around to the end by, by giving them some sort of reward of some sort. Can you like break down for our listeners how you think about, like in your mind, when you think about a timeline, what are those core like pieces that you're just putting into the puzzle? Okay, so 
it's basically the 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 best word to think of is optimized, optimized, optimized. You have to essentially tell the best story that you can as quickly as possible. Mm. Uh, you cannot waste a second. A second. Be, a second. <laughs> I'd say not even half a second. You it's cannot amazing. waste. And so that is with me, especially with Logan's videos. We consider what every second means. Mm. Now, we're, what's l- before you continue? Were you thinking that three years ago when you're doing daily vlogs? No, that is a new philosophy. Okay. So that is something of philosophy that we have learned this year, and as um, and it's because, worked. It's obviously yes, worked retention okay so luckily fortunately for me someone actually gave me the answer and the phrasing that i was looking for and i can't actually remember the exact quite the exact person who said this but this was the phrase i was looking for it's not uh, attention spans it's actually consideration spans oh i love that yeah how much they consider investing the next second with you mm. And so if that next second isn't a good quality, then that second they've made a decision to stop watching. Yep. They reconsider every single second why they want to keep on watching. And so every single second you need to give them a new reason to continue watching. And you want them to be satisfied at the end too. Uh, that's one thing that YouTube has been uh, trying to figure out is that they'll poll people after they watch a video and they say, hey, were you satisfied with this? Because there is the metric of like, you watched all the way through, maybe it was late at night and you just let it play or whatever. And when you actually think about it, you're like, eh, I wasn't that satisfied with this. Um, so that that's another thing too. But anyways, I want you to continue. Yeah, no. Sorry, I cut you off. But yeah, I, I wanted no. to make that note that a couple years ago, YouTube w- valued consistency and, and m- like mass amounts of content over uh, retention. And now we're at this point where if you're able to hold people's uh, what was the phrasing? Uh, consideration. If you're able to hold their consideration for 100% of the video, then YouTube mm-hmm. really loves that. And then obviously, you know, you so want the, people to watch your video all the way to the end anyways. Th- this comes down to the algorithm conversation. What is YouTube's algorithm? And that, it's a big myth. Everyone has their own uh, facts as to what it is. Yeah. It, no one bloody knows. Like, it, it's a myth. <laughs> but you can do trial and errors to to figure out and theorize what it actually is. But it seems to pretty much change every single week. But I think, <laughs> but my way of looking at that is what's, what is, try to think in YouTube's context on looking at in the industry and what they want audiences to do. Yeah. So couple of years ago when it, when we were posting when when the algorithm was posted every single day what they were doing was shit, netflix is blowing up and it's taking away a lot of our uh, people who spend a lot of time on our video on our website what are we going to do about it netflix is longer form content okay longer form content okay but that takes longer to make so now we then encourage everyone to just post consistently. Yeah. And so now what that then means is you start making 10, 15, 20 minute videos every single day. And that was the algorithm at the time. Now it's definitely, but of course, uh, also given the context of, of me and Logan, that then challenged and showed how unhealthy that was. Oh, yeah. So now in the past couple of years, that's now been moving back to retention because what they then realized was, yes, someone's making 10-minute videos, but is that a decent 10-minute quality piece of content? No, they only actually watched two minutes of it and clicked off. Yeah. So exactly. now they now understand consideration, retention yeah. is actually what's important. And so if you and look s- at Logan's channel, some of his videos are six minutes now. You're not, yes. you're not having to hit this number anymore. 
Yeah, well, because that, uh, because again, that's the other new thing. It's um, and actually, this is this is actually the one of the most beautiful things. So, given the context of what happened to Logan, Logan's Google preferred got cut. You have no idea how much of a blessing in disguise that was. Is that, that, that that's the monetization? Uh, the extra level of monetization. Yeah. So, so we have normal monetization, and then Google preferred is pretty much again. Don't quote me on this. Like triple the amount of of AdSense. You get a higher share in the AdSense revenue, okay. basically, because he's because he's bringing yeah. in a ton of people. So yeah, and more higher profile ads. Like you'll be more likely to have a McDonald's ad or a Pepsi ad. But he got cut off from that. Gotcha. And so Logan then went. Okay, so that means. I don't need to since that's no longer one of my main sources of income I need to change things around and I don't and I am no longer obligated to make 10 minute videos to match that criteria to yeah. get on a good to make to have Google preferred ads but that then meant us we that then encouraged us to have a better quality of time yeah if we are no longer tied down to making 10 minute videos we're no longer under that obligation. We can make the videos however, whatever length we want because that's no longer the priority. Yeah. And so that then meant, like, I, I think, again, don't quote me on this, but I'm 100% certain Logan doesn't even look at his AdSense anymore because it's just, it's just I don't think... It's not does, even icing on the cake at that point. It's literally like, just like the cherry on top at that point. Yeah, like, like it's like a nice little bonus. He'll probably go buy. He'll probably go buy. He'll probably go buy an extra Gucci bag, or probably doesn't. <laughs> but, but like in his case, that no longer became his priority income or yeah. a main source of it. Uh-huh. So what I'm trying to say is, once we stopped being tied down to mm-hmm. having to make 10 minute videos, it meant meant we could make whatever length that we wanted to, mm. and actually meant that we could then make perfect condensed pieces of content mm. and four to six minutes is essentially as of now that perfect thing yeah. i remember five to six years ago the perfect length was three minutes and 30 seconds yeah. before they before they changed the algorithm to be 10 minutes yeah like, did that was it do you think david had anything to do with that too with his 420 videos or what do you think so that was on that note Ash, i'm really glad you brought that up that was for me my big epiphany um, so David Dobrik only came onto my radar about, I think, at the start of 2019. And so I started watching his videos and oh, I'm like, why is he? They're yeah, so they're entertaining. Great. Oh my gosh. And I was like, for months thinking, why is he only making four minute, 20 minute videos? Like he's not getting ads. And it's like, that. and I like, I scoffed at him. Yeah. But then I have realized something incredible and I will like, and I owe this to David for this epiphany where Logan went to Coachella, David went to Coachella, uh, Logan sends me the footage. It was like four hours of footage. It took me about a, it took me about three four days because again we weren't posting as much, and so I can really polish it. it. Took me about three four days to make the video. It was a twenty minute video. Cool, we're done. The same day, David posts his Coachella vlog, and it was four minutes and twenty seconds. Yep. And I'm like, where did the rest of it go? Where yeah. did it go? And like, and I and I was thinking about it, and then I then watched back our vlog with Logan, and it was really boring, but it was because. <laughs> But it was because Logan filmed so much that I put the majority of it in. Yeah. But I bet you with David, he probably looked at all of, he probably filmed two, three, four hours of it and went, nah, this four minute, 20 seconds is the best part of it. The rest of it can bloody go. It doesn't matter. And his video was so much better because of it. And that was my like epiphany, like 2001 Space Odyssey. I was like flying through that space, that space nexus network, whatever you want to call it. Like, like, oh my God, I get it now. Yeah. And since then, it's like everything that I do makes, has to make sure if there is 
there has to be a justifiable reason as to why your video is more than 10 minutes. Yeah. Otherwise, make it as short as possible because this goes back to what I was saying earlier. There was a time when 3 minutes and 30 was the best optimal time. If it, if everyone looks at their analytics, that technically still is. Mm-hmm. It's just the algorithm, YouTube algorithm doesn't want it. It yeah. doesn't want 3 minutes 30 to be it and it's tried to force it it really has tried to force it the past couple of years, but the truth is, three minutes thirty minimum, six minutes potentially is like I think the best spot that you can get before you do start losing more than fifty percent of the people that watch your videos. Yeah, exactly. That's why we see, you know, TikTok is just so fascinating. I don't know if you've played around with TikTok, but you know, I had a couple of viral parodies. I don't know if you saw my music video parodies, but... Um, I haven't, no. But oh. go ahead anyway. I, did I a, have not. But. I did a parody of Bad Guy. It's called Gear Guy. Mm. <laughs> that, then, sounds uh, great. that sounds great. And then... Uh, but, br- but anyways, yeah, like you get 110% retention on TikTok videos because people will watch them over and over and they're only 15 seconds. So, you know... That's, 50, that's 15 seconds of consideration rather than... 20 minutes of consideration exactly like, and so it's like and so what that means for them is um if you've okay 15 seconds and it wasn't a very good video you haven't wasted enough time and so yeah. they're not going to be pissed off yeah exactly they move on to, they move on to the next video and that's uh, that's the same with david too is he was he was cramming so much quality in four minutes that it was just impossible to stop watching it even if mm. even if you were like ah eh, i don't i don't know if i want to finish this he just continued to like have prank after prank or joke after joke you, you just can't help but look away it's almost like those vine compilation videos where it's mm-hmm. like by it's the way I've, I've thought about doing a channel like that before when i was like struggling and i just needed to like make some side money because like there's there's got to be killer retention on those because you're just putting joke after joke after joke after six seconds you know so yeah i i me and I, me and my girlfriend we watch meme videos like they're like like yeah we, i i'm <laughs> subscribed to like seven different channels which are just meme compilations mm-hmm. and but it's for that exact reason the retention on those is great because that 10 second meme might have sucked but the next one was great yeah exactly and so and- it's it's the only problem is if it's five memes that suck then you've lost me <laughs> yeah so but, so yeah. back to back to how you look at the edit with all that in mind and all that in in consideration no pun intended how do you move forward how do you work with logan and how do you craft these stories to be so tight you know if you will i would say first of all definitely it's uh me and logan just work perfectly uh, that's because of the four years experience mm. that we've had together so there's true Lo- chemistry there that is almost yeah. it's hard to find yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It. I think just the stars aligned when I started working with Logan because his storytelling philosophies just so, just so happened to be the exact same philosophies mm. that I had, mm-hmm. and so we worked perfectly there. And so there's no, we didn't have to teach each other anything. But I think first of all, definitely with Logan, Logan pretty much already had like a situation will start, and he's already figured out the punchline. And then he and you will be able to see if if you if if you saw the raw footage, you will see it in his eyes. And then he and then, and then he will like he'll push Mike to say that it, uh, not push say not say a line but he would push Mike to encourage him to have a type of response and kind of encouraging and like and there we go and there we got a punchline. Uh, it's he's already knows exactly where he wants it to go, and he will figure out like a, building a live puzzle on how to get there as quickly as possible. That's amazing. So he doesn't go into each video with like a script or an outline or anything he just kind of is there's got to be some sort of premise at the beginning though like today we're going to blow up this thing or we're going to buy the bus or you know there's some sort of point to it right 
So if you were to go to UCLA and watch an improvised show, it's the exact same thing. Wow. Every single vlog is just an improvised show. Is that the only way to to do it, you think? Because uh, David uh, improvises. David well. improvises. David David is a master improviser, and also his team is just fantastic improvisers. Yeah. Logan and his team are great improvisers. Uh, maybe the, this niche it works best, but you know, Rober will spend probably three months on one video, and Mr. Beast, yeah. I know, plans everything out. Mm. But I think, but so, so, but on that statement, that that means that there isn't a set set of rules. There no, is, there's not. Yeah. There isn't a set of rules. You just have to find out what works best for you in okay. order to make your content work. But it's like, yeah, Logan improvises, David improvises, Mark Grober plans, or he would probably film as much as he can yeah. and then build the story in the edit, actually. I think I would like to, I would like to think Mark that's Rober how Mark yet? does. On your channel? I, I've actually been looking into it, uh, but I think the thing is, with since his videos are 20 minutes long, that I'm going to have to make him like a two-free-parter. Yeah, <laughs> like, I liked what you like, did with the Beast one, though, where you kind of sped it up. That was cool. Yes, yes, but I think uh, his are so essential I've, to see the whole thing almost. I I think because of my experience of Logan, Mr. Beast's methods were so transparent to me. Yeah. Whereas with Mark, uh, I haven't. I've watched a lot of his videos and I haven't quite figured out that that exact perfect formula yet. But I love that. Yeah. And the moment I figure <laughs> out what how he builds his videos then i'll make a video about it but literally i'm watching it and trying to figure out what exactly is it that he's doing that's keeping me watching and so again like i don't have the answer straight away but i'm curious to find out what that answer is if he if you met mark at like a party or something and he just told you what he did just that alone would be fascinating he's just this amazing mm-hmm. engineer so uh again it comes back to the talent okay so I keep I'm so sorry I, I rabbit trail like crazy here that's what podcasts are for though right um oh yeah so logan paul it kind of begins with him coming up, improvising, working with the talent. You get all this footage. How do you start crafting this improvisation? And, and uh, you know, it, I guess because you have this chemistry, you can see in his face and you can understand with the footage where he's going with it in most cases mm. because you guys have that chemistry. Yeah, so I would say um, I have a very good mixture of just a lot of my... Uh, understanding of what I've grown up with creatively. So I grew up studying comedy. I grew up studying music. I grew up studying film and video. And all of those always come together when I'm making these videos. And so and I even talk about it in one of the vlogs where I deconstruct. Actually, what I do with Logan stuff is I equate a rhythm. So there it, it, it's if you were to actually have like a like a like a tempo like a, Yeah. If you could find that tempo in oh, Logan's man. vlogs, it's amazing. you will, it like, like suddenly, what I'm actually doing to you is I'm now playing you a song. Yep. There is, there is the verse, there's the bridge, there's the chorus, then there's like the climax of the song or something like that. But there is an actual tr- song, a piece of music playing as the dialogue of what's actually happening alongside what Logan is improvising. Mm. Um, another case would be and this is actually one of my favorite experiments if I don't know how I want to structure one of his improvised scenes and let's just say I have this line here and this line here and there's so much going on here what happens if I cut everything out in the middle and these two put together if these two lines still make sense Mm -hmm. then everything in between doesn't matter that's gone Yep. because again uh, every second matters yeah and so it ju- it truly genuinely is a puzzle every single time. Wow! And I would say, and so it would be, and it's like it's motivated. Logan will have a setup, 
sometimes you have like that one, two, three, like we have the setup, we have like the middle part of a, of a line that then helps the punchline. Yeah. What happens if I just give you the punchline straight away? And <laughs> 80% of the time that works, wow. which goes against the rules of comedy, but it works. Yeah, it's a YouTube genre. You gotta, I feel like you, it's hard to just go into it with this understanding you've been watching youtube for what eight years you've been in the youtube space is is there a learned kind of language to the way youtube videos are made absolutely that and i truly truly want to write down our youtube language bible <laughs> it, it's it's in terms of just I'd buy it i'd buy it yeah i want <laughs> that's amazing there we go i got one customer already that's amazing but <laughs> It's, I want, there is that language that um, traditional just does not work here. And there is such an, it's such a new environment, this style of language. TikTok has its own language. Vine had its own language. Twitter videos have their own language. Facebook videos have their own language. You have to have the experience in each of those fields to understand what that language is. And it is the same way. It's like... Are you going to learn French? Are you going to learn Portuguese? Are you going to learn Japanese? It's a whole. You're learning a whole different language each time. If you told me to edit a uh, a TV uh, a, a piece of television, that's a different language. I'll be crap at it. Uh, <laughs> and you even so, talked about the. Um, there was a great uh, video. The previous video you did was with another group of creators that you worked with, mm-hmm. and you you expressed to me that that was a, a real challenge for you because you have learned the language of Logan and how to make videos for him. I would imagine as an editor, if, if you get, if you were to get hired to work for another creator, it is kind of like a little discombobulating. Cause you're like, uh, wh- what's your language? I don't know your language. <laughs> that's exactly. That's also exactly every creator has their own language, not mm-hmm. just a Twitter as a language, Facebook as a language. No, every creator has their own mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. And so, Again, if you told me to edit a David Dobrik vlog, I would probably do a bad job. <laughs> I saw like, I saw his And I love on... to think about that. I love to think about that. It's crazy. He edits everything and he does it in iMovie too, which is hilarious. I know. I hate it. <laughs> you're almost there. Just just get Final Cut. You're you're so close to it. All right, guys, I'm sorry to say, but this is the end of part one of my incredible interview with Hayden. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, hit me up or hit Hayden up on Twitter uh, and let us know what you thought of the show or Instagram too. Obviously we're there, but I like Twitter better. And again, please subscribe to our brand new channel. If you're a fan of this podcast, even if you listen to the audio, just go subscribe. We're trying to build our subscriber base there. And I do believe the video for this podcast was really fun and really great so go over to youtube and search golden hour podcast hosted by dave mays you can find the youtube channel there and the part one of this video interview will be live hopefully soon there's way more content and even more information that hayden and i talk about believe it or not we went on for another hour talking about incredible youtube tips and techniques so get ready for next week when you hear part two of my conversation with hayden hillier smith Thank you, Hayden, for joining us today on the Golden Hour Podcast, and thank you for listening. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by Polar Pro, and we'll see you next week for part two of this interview.